shapeshifters. So much doom and gloom around. I need a little uplifting. That is your job. Matsi Modisa, Managing Director of Simodisa. Uplift us. Make us feel good about ourselves. Make us feel good about where we live and what we're doing. Shapeshift is brought to you by FMB Business. It's more than just business to you. That's why they help. Uh, tell me about Simodisa, please. Because, I mean, your mission in life seems to be one of getting people to start businesses, but not only start businesses, start businesses that will grow, employ, and be sustainable. Well, good evening, Bruce. Um, hoping that through our conversation you'll cheer up a bit. It is I need to cheer up. We need to cheer up. Perhaps warm up a bit as well. No, <laughs> it definitely. is a bit cold outside. Oh, look, it's winter. We, we, we learn to accept winter. That's fine. I can deal with winter, but I can't deal with crazy people and people trying to steal the country. <laughs> so let's try and give some optimism about the entrepreneurial sector, which is a space in which you're working very, very actively. Absolutely. So, I don't, you know, Bruce, it's, it's quite um, interesting times in our country right now. Um, it always seems like you actually need an outlet of sorts. <laughs> and for me personally, my outlet is entrepreneurship and focusing on that because we're now at a point in our, in our country where we have to realize that, well, there's a lot that's happening. There's a lot that's shaping how things are going to progress as a nation. But then these are times when you have to look at, well, what are the positivities? What are the good stories? What are things that are not taking away from the country but actually building and entrepreneurship is just one of those um, if we could get it right then we would live in a country that well people don't have to steal people can create their own jobs I mean people can create jobs for other people and so I'm very, very um, you know privileged to be able to run an industry association called Simodisa which is basically um, for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs and we aim to be the golden thread um, that's aiming to connect South African entrepreneur entrepreneurial ecosystem so our aim is to ensure that there is enough entrepreneurial activity in South Africa and there's a culture that supports it. Our aim is also to ensure that entrepreneurs have access to opportunities, have access to information. Um, there's a lot that South Africa has to offer. Um, however, it's always very difficult for entrepreneurs to access these opportunities. And if you had to look at the rate of unemployment in our country, it hasn't been declining. It's actually no. been increasing. We're at about 27%, if not more. Um, at a blink of an eye, it's going to be 28%. So clearly there's something that we're not doing right. And, you know, this is something that is reflective around across the economy. So Simodisa's aim is to ensure that if you are somebody that wants to start your own business, you want to be a job creator, we are here to assist you. Okay. We focus on the policy component. Uh, we focus oh, and the, focus I, w- I want to talk about that in just a second, but I want to learn a bit more about you before we get to policy, because policy okay. is not going to make you all depressed <laughs> again. I mean, <laughs> how influenced are you in your daily life, having born and I'm assuming grown up in Kwakwa? In the free center. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not exactly the epicenter <laughs> of the commercial world. It's a poor part of the country. And I mean, growing yeah. up when you did, it probably was even tougher. It was tough. Um, um, it, it was really, really tough. And for me, my entrepreneurial endeavors actually started in Guagua. Really, I mean, I used to be in banking. I used to work at one of the banks. At Investec, yes, yes, yes. At Investec. I'm glad I can mention names. So it was a wonderful organization. You can't be shy about these things. We need to know your history. So I used to be in the banking space and one day I decided that, well, this is not me. 
um, the thought of staying within this environment was actually much more frightening than the thought of going out into the unknown. So I decided to pack my bags, go back home, which is in the you know rural part of the, the free state, Guagua. And there, that's when my entrepreneurial journey started. But also, it was something that I had been exposed to growing up. I have a mother who's an entrepreneur. I have a grandmother till this day. She's 84 years old, still selling cosmetics in our, in our community. So I grew up knowing women that are strong, women that are crafting their own parts, women that are, you know, um, creating opportunities for their children because they believe in educating and exposing them to opportunities that they could have been, um, you know, not, not exposed to. So coming up from that environment, that's when, um, you know, I had an opportunity to work with the University of the Free State. Um, I initially told them that, listen, I'm not looking for a job. I mean, if I really wanted to um, get a job, I could have stayed in, in, in Johannesburg. And I realized that, well, I'm actually looking for an opportunity where I can learn, an opportunity where I can leverage my skills, uh, my networks. And then the University of the Free State said, well, we've got a program here back at home where we want you to work with small businesses, um, help them, mentor them, give them access to funding. Well, we they actually did have some funds from the Netherlands and also kind of work with them so that they can build their, uh, their businesses properly. So I immersed myself into that kind of environment but then I realized that, well, Kwakwa is where the opportunity is, but then the money is back in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. So I had to finally find my way back to Joburg, but in a different capacity, in a capacity of I'm not here to try to find a job. I'm here to actually see how I can, um, you know, connect the dots between the entrepreneurs in the free state who I'm supposed to help build capacity in their businesses and the money and the skills that, that, that exist here in Johannesburg. I mean, these sound like survivalist businesses. I mean, have you been able to grow businesses to uh, companies that serve bigger markets than just the local markets in which people live um, sure. to move beyond the survivalist phase? It, it has been a journey because when I started, I had to start at the bottom. I had to understand what is it and what does it take to actually build a business? But now I'm at a point where I'm working with, you know, high growth, high impact entrepreneurs that are creating jobs in our country. And it's a, it's an exciting field. So for me to learn the industry, um, I had to actually start from the grassroots and I had to immerse myself into an environment. I had to figure out what is the lay of the land. I had to see that in South Africa, there's still a lot of disparities. I mean, I was still quite young. I was still developing as, you know, a young woman in business. And also some of the disparities were things that really just struck me in my heart. And I felt like, well, I have to do something. I have to make a difference. I have the ability to connect. I have the personality to, to ensure that, um, you know, I, 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 I get people together in an environment and connect them and connect opportunities. So I need to do this. So it's been a, a journey. Uh, working with, uh, you know, small scale businesses to now like high impact, high growth entrepreneurs that are creating jobs and shifting the needle and contributing towards the economy. You, well, you've used every bit of MBA um, jargon I've ever heard. Shifting the needle. It's my new favorite hate <laughs> phrase. Um, I've, moved to, I've moved from disliking innovation to shifting the needle. It's been used three <laughs> times in my company in the last week and I want to take a needle and stick it in someone. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's just a, a personal bugbear, but I'm over it now. Um, when we, you're also on the SABS Innovation Management Committee. Now, being a bit cynical about the levels of innovation in South Africa, that's probably not a job that keeps you very busy. It doesn't keep me busy, but that's it's, a a great, it's a great opportunity for the country. I mean, Innovation is very interesting. It's, it's something that everybody's talking about. Everything is going digital. Everybody needs to think out of the box. And 
Innovation, however, it's very limited. Only a few people can talk about innovation. Um, not a lot of people can claim that they're innovative. And how do we start creating skills um, that would enable innovation in our country? Um, there are great initiatives that are trying to, 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 to ensure that people are going to think out of the box. So if you're an entrepreneur coming from a township, um, you know, you need to think beyond selling tomatoes or having, you know, a similar business concept than everybody else next to you. You need to think if innovation, so, I mean, if South Africa was to get innovation right, is saying SIPO from Soweto was able to find a solution that is not just changing his own community, but it is a solution that the world can adapt. So that for me is innovation. And I have been involved in various initiatives like um, the Innovation Hub. I sit on their board. The Innovation Hub is all the way in Pretoria. It's a huge science park. However, they've started things called Ikasi Labs. And these are parts of innovation whereby we get township entrepreneurs to, to have an environment that's enabling, to have an environment where there is, um, you know, access to computer, access to Wi-Fi, access to mentorship, access to workshops, access to, you know, helping them think out of the box, um, access to skills. So there's something called um, code tribes, so teaching entrepreneurs in townships to code. So those are skills of the future. And for me, I believe that we have to start um, it from the ground, from the bottom. And if South Africa is serious about innovation, we have to start building that critical mass of those little Ikasi labs in every corner, in every township. I mean, and what is the impact? I mean, how do you measure the impact that these Ikasi labs are having? Well, we started off with one Ikasi lab um, in Soweto. And then this year we've launched about two, um, one in Alexandra and one in Masaking. So obviously it's very difficult at this point to measure the impact. But you then see that this particular community in Masaking is seeing that we are intentional about ensuring that they have access to opportunities like anybody else. We don't want them to miss this fourth industrial revolution. I'm sure you're going to kill me, Bruce, because it's also another word. No, no, no. I, 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 know, I, know, I know you've been captured by the World Economic Forum. You, 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 but <laughs> that I, is my capture. <laughs> and, I, and I need to talk to you about that as well, because the World Economic Forum has done a huge amount, I believe, in terms of getting people like yourself, identifying leaders in communities, people who are making a high impact, and, mm. and drawing you into the networks provided by the World Economic Forum. I think it's one of the good things that they do do. It's been very good for me personally as somebody who's a growing professional, growing businesswoman, but then also it's been great for the initiatives that I support like Asimodisa, like the South African Black Entrepreneurs Forum, and also um, being part of the Global Shapers Hub in Soweto. So that the World Economic Forum has given young people the ability to be, to have a voice at the table. To, to, it's basically a lot of people talk around it's the biggest talk shop. Well, for it, it's what you make of it. Sure. And I've been able to leverage those networks and they have helped me a lot throughout my career. And people want to see people that are doing and they want to support you. So if you have a, a global platform, to boast, to brag about the amazing work that you're doing in Soweto, the amazing work that you're doing in the entrepreneurship space in South Africa, the amazing work um, in trying to shift uh, policy and ensure that we have an enabling environment. Um, that's that's great because then there is a shared network of ideas and then also a shared platform where you can learn a lot and also bring it back home, bring it back to the streets of Soweto and everywhere else. I've been I've been fortunate enough to be able to work. Matsi Modise is the managing director at Simodisa. She's a passionate proponent of entrepreneurship. If you want to chat to her this evening, 011-883-0702-021-446-0567. I'll shapeshifter this evening. The Money Show.
shapeshifters. Matsi Modisa, the managing director at Simodisa in the studio. What motivates you? What gets you up in the morning? What motivates me every morning? It's very difficult. Um, I know that's why I asked the question. <laughs> I think the work that I do really does motivate me. The work that I do around no, that's too easy. Because it's a that's, one, no, that that's is too one easy. positive it's too generic. thing. Too generic. <laughs> Well, the idea of closing deals, Bruce, really ah, does get me up and going and excited in the morning. <laughs> how, many, how, how many deals are you doing a week, a month, a year? Well, currently I'm working and wrapping up one with, with a listed company. I'm not going to say too much no? because it's in the process of being closed, but it's something that I'm deeply committed to, um, the skills revolution in South Africa. And it's something that I feel like that's what's missing in our country. We talk about opportunities, we talk about access, but if you don't have the skills to be able to access those opportunities, well, we are going about it the wrong way. I think South Africa has the greatest opportunity to really redefine its identity, especially for young people. I mean, tomorrow mm. it's the first of June. It's June, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's youth month. And I feel like we need to take back our power, take it back. Redefine ourselves. We can't be talking the same narrative five, ten years from now. No. And it's a function of how do we redefine our DNA? I mean, there's a lot that's been done in the past, but going forward, we shouldn't see ourselves as inheriting that. So it's a huge opportunity, but that it requires skills. It requires skills of the future. Mukondi in Rodeport has got a great question for you. Matsi Modise is all ears, Mukondi. Um, I- I, I hear what, what she's saying, especially with the amount of um, exposure that she's had, especially with the World Economic Forum and with the Ekasi Labs. What, what do you think are the big three challenges that perhaps entrepreneurs are not um, focusing on? So basically, what are the big problems that entrepreneurs should be solving that mm-hmm. they are not perhaps solving at the moment that you think would create opportunity and obviously create employment and obviously create businesses? In, in Soweto specifically, Mukondi? No, it, it can be so it's specifically since she, she's had an, 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 yeah. an um, exposure to that or in, in South Africa. Um, but but yeah, those big three big challenges that she sees that mm. we perhaps are neglecting to give a solution to. Thank you, Mukondi and Rodeput. Great question. I mean, what are the three big problems that entrepreneurs can solve? Because Pavlo Fatidis tells us all the time that if you're not solving somebody's problem, then you don't really have a business. Mm-mm. Well, being somebody that's passionate about skills, I think there's a great opportunity in education in, 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 in South Africa. Um, our ability to ensure that we're no longer that country that spends a lot on education, but the outcomes of it is not something that's reflective in how educated and skills skilled our, our, our youth are. And there are interesting platforms that are coming out of, um, out of, out of South Africa um, that, um, you know, there is Rekindle. Um, there's uh, my fellow um, World Economic Forum and sister as well, Rapilang Rabana, has come with, um, you know, a, 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 a platform, a, a tech platform that is really, really changing and shaping how education is being used. And we need more and more of that in South Africa. So I think the education space agriculture, um, mm-hmm. you know, Africa being one of those um, continents that has, um, you know, 60% of the world's arable land and our inability to, um, you know, to literally make, well, just beneficiate our resources. Um, that's a great opportunity. You're talking about benefic- beneficiate agricultural resources or beneficiate resources more generally? Well, I would say agricultural resources, the fact that we've got, well, I was going to say we've got this land, but a lot of people have probably say we actually don't have this land. But we've got this opportunity to be an agricultural hub 
of the continent. So um, there is an interesting, um, you know, duo, two ladies that have started an agricultural uh, project, um, uh, uh, Green Shot, I think that's what it's called. And they're coming up with how do we start skilling um, young people with agricultural skills and giving, well, giving them the opportunities and giving them the ability to come up with ideas around how do we actually uh, you know, commercialize on, on, on these natural resources that we have. Okay. I mean, th- those are a couple of options, but those are quite large scale projects mm. and options. I mean, is there something sort of more localized, something that is, I mean, if, you, if you're trying to break into running a business first off, I mean, you've got to have very specialist skills to go in and, and advise and guide and lead in agriculture, for example. Mm. I mean, is, are, there, are, are there simpler startups that which can solve the problem or, or those people's kind of spotted all the gaps that exist. Well, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, everything that should be thought of or um, somebody coming up with an idea has been thought of already. I think it's looking at your particular environment and seeing what are the opportunities there? How do I make things much more efficient? Um, Instead of selling tomatoes in the streets, how do you make maybe tomato sauce so that if you have, you know, people that are coming back from work, um, your tomato sauce or your tomato gravy might save them a whole hour. So they've already prepared it for you. They've put it in a bottle. All you need to do is buy it. So that's kind of the innovative thinking that we're trying to encourage, you know, people to think about. And also just being more um, efficient um, within your own businesses using technology. Um, you know, we have this program called the Gasigo Digital. Um, it's about going into township environments and um, ensuring that we give um, township entrepreneurs digital skills. I think um, essentially that's where the world is going. Um, instead of keeping your books manually, you can actually use um, SMEZ, you can use Sage Pastel, and then also at Simodisa we're creating um, what you called Venture Central, which is looking at what everybody has to offer entrepreneurs in terms of mentorship, the national mentorship movement, uh, Find Easy, uh, and various other tools, um, and how do we put it and aggregate yeah. it into I mean, one digital fun- platform? Funding is such a big issue. I mean, it's, it's, it's the one thing whenever I talk to people, they say, but I can't get funding. And then, mm. you know, it's like, is it all about funding or is it about the idea? Are the ideas not good enough? Is there not enough money? I'm assured there's plenty <laughs> of money, but it's, then I'm told that there aren't enough good ideas. It's a mixture of, of both. Um, I would say the primary um, challenge is access to markets. So yeah. if you're in a business, your primary challenge on a daily basis is how do I actually create a market for my product? I might think of an idea. I might build a product. I might provide a service. But if you do not have a market, you actually don't have people buying. And so you're not in business. So access to market is a bit of a challenge. And yes, South Africa does have a lot of funding. And I get um, a lot of um, flack from people when I say that South Africa does have a lot of funding. The challenge is at what point do you access that funding? Um, we have a huge, huge gap in terms of early stage investing in South Africa. So there's no networks of angel investors. There's no venture capital in this country. Um, You know, the president was talking about a billion rand fund, but that's a billion rand fund that's been collaborated by the CEO's initiative. Uh, We still want the government to come on board to co-invest with the private sector so that we can build a huge, you know, co-invested venture capital fund in South Africa. Because those are the people that fund ideas. I mean, at any point in time, if you're looking for 50,000 rands, 100,000 rands, 
nobody's going to be able to give you that money unless your family, fools or friends are able to give you that money. Um, you but have to bootstrap your way. Isn't that universal, though? I mean, if one listens to the stories of how people are starting up businesses, very few people, unless they know you, unless they like you, unless they trust you or feel sorry for you, are going to give you <laughs> any money to start up something that could crash and burn within six months. Sure, but if you had a much more robust entrepreneurial or venture capital industry, uh, entrepreneurial culture, where everybody encourages you to fail fast, fail forward. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's part and parcel of, you know, creative ecosystems elsewhere yeah, that have actually done well. There's but, a, but you've got to prove that, and that's a great, the, the great conundrum is you've got to prove that you can act, you've got the, 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 the nouse for it. Because I, uh, I agree with you, Bruce. I agree with you. And I feel that if you have done the fundamentals of ensuring that you've created your product, uh, you've tested it out. You've, you don't necessarily have to have a thousand customers buying from you. But if you can prove to an investor that I've been able to convince 10 people to buy from me this particular product, they've been able to tell me and give me constructive feedback and say, no, no, I don't like it in this color. Actually, you want it in this color and I'll be able to pay for it in this amount. Um, you know, I have a better chance of giving you money because I know you've done your homework. I know that you've been able to iterate and pivot and you've been able to ensure that actually I do have a viable product. I do have people that are buying this particular product. So a lot of times we say, don't focus on trying to get money. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs will spend months and months into uh, going around with, with, you know, business plans that they have not even tested out. Yeah. And by the time they get to Great an weakness. investor, investor says, well, would you even put your own hundred rands <laughs> into that particular business? How do you know that it's not going to just yeah. fail? I mean, how can you prove that people are actually buying this particular product? Um, it's, it's, a, it's such a nice, tough love, realistic <laughs> world that you live in, Matsi, because I mean. They hate it when I say this. No, no, but, I mean, but people may hate it, but I'm sorry, that's reality. And nobody's going to give you a handout. Somehow you've got to make it happen for yourself. And once you've proven you can make it happen, then suddenly anybody with a bit of funding may be interested in you. But they're not going to lend you money just because you've got a happy face. No, not at all. You have to have sweated the product. You have to have tried and tested. You have to have given it to your granny and your uncles and your cousins to test it or to taste it. So you must have done that. And if they've survived... Then. <laughs> they didn't collapse or die or you know have some illness. <laughs> then at least you've proven your concept, and you know you've proven that there are a few people that will be able to to buy. And also, Bruce, you have to acknowledge that there are creative ways of getting around the funding um, challenge in the initial stages. Um, you know, there are people that are finding creative ways of funding small businesses, like you know invoice factoring. Sure. So you have to explore the options. I mean, your idea is not something that will easily be backed by a bank, an institutional or traditional bank. You have to try find these creative ways, um, crowdsourcing through your friends. And um, they're very, very creative ways of trying mm. to, um, uh, but also Mati. saving, saving, save your money um, must, um, must, and invest it in your own business. We have to leave it there, Matsi. Thank you very much. Some great guidelines for us this evening. The MD at Simodisa delivering some quite whole, hard, cold truths, but they're truths we all need to hear. Matsi Modisa, thanks very much for coming in.